0: It's time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin-Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student-athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger.
1: Welcome to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin-Williams. It's great to be with you today. From our Sports Central, the program that highlights Apopka's outstanding athletic department, Apopka High School big football game tonight versus visiting Dr. Phillips. Kickoff is at 7:30. Joe Ferraro and I will have the play-by-play for you, of course, starting at 7:30, or actually probably 7:34, and we'll have the pregame tonight too, yes, starting at 7 p.m. And that's on 1520 WBCW, and of course 1520 WBCW.com, and the 1520 WBCW app but there are a lot of other exciting sports going on on campus as well and we're going to talk about some of those on our program today also of course we're pleased to be joined by athletic director fred priest and we'll talk about a popular blue garter cross country in our first segment and we're pleased to be joined by coach axon joining us today coach thanks for joining us
2: thanks for having
1: i know you have a big event coming up soon and can you share with us about it
2: uh, yeah, this is the annual daughter invitational that we've had for the past four years now. It's continued to grow from our meager beginnings of you know only a couple of schools showing up to like last year we had 24. Uh, this time it seems we're going to have about 19 to 20 schools. So it's nice to see a, you know good consistency in terms of you know lots of schools showing up and adds to the competition for all the kids. So it's definitely you know a good thing that we're having that consistency with everything.
1: And can you tell us just about the program this year?
2: We have a lot of uh, you know, young kids, a lot of new kids, some kids who did like completely other things. Like we have a person who uh, used to be a cheerleader and then decided to want to do cross country. We have some kids who have never did any running whatsoever and then decided to you know, give this a shot. So be that combined with some kids that are quote-unquote veterans but some of them it's only like their second year so it's uh, a lot of uh, growth process with the kids it's uh an opportunity for them including those that are young to see that regardless of what grade they're in it's all about who's running the fastest times so just because you're a freshman does not mean you can't beat somebody who's older and so like they're starting to as each race goes by they're starting to like see that and starting to believe more in their abilities." as a result they're each of them starting to push each other now so, so we get...
3: let's go back to the invitational a minute coach um i know that you know the first year like coach said when we started this thing we had like three or four teams and and but but the big thing was is coach onehead did it anyway and now you know that's what you got to do you got to start somewhere yeah. and so he, they did a good job of that and then they persisted and and like you said, have a good crowd. Now, this year, is it many of the same teams that are coming back, and 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 who might be some of those teams that are are returning, and maybe some new teams that are are coming.
2: Well, we got some teams like Olympia and Evans and Akoi and Kaiba, and I'm afraid her names are some of them. Several of them, but we're seeing, uh, you know. Consistency in terms of like the past few years, a lot of the same schools, but we're even getting some new schools that are there, like Crooms Academy, for example. So it's spreading more and more word of mouth. So that, that has helped because it, you know, adds to do with variety, not just for the, you know, newer schools, but it also adds to the variety in terms of just the uh, types of competition that the kids will have. It's on all different levels. Just like when we do the Disney race, you know, I know we're right. not going to win it, but right. it's a good opportunity for kids to see. Here's what kids are because you'll have college teams there. Here's what, you know, what's going to look like at the next level. Here's what it looks like for some of the state-ranked kids. Here's something to continue to push yourself towards
3: yeah that's good now what's the format how's it going to work what time we're going to start that kind of thing
2: well the race is going to start at eight o'clock with the girls varsity race then eight thirty with the boys varsity followed by the jv at nine o'clock they're basically half hour increments depending upon when the uh, last runner finishes then we finish and we just wait a couple of minutes and then we start the next one so it goes pretty quickly so again it's a rolling clock as you say And so that means if anybody wants to get out there, they should try to get there around 7.30. That way they can make sure they can get a decent parking spot.
3: And we're doing that at Pond Can, right? Field of Dreams area.
2: And the starting line area is actually over by the soccer fields that are next to the stadium. But the majority of the race is in the central area by the amphitheater.
3: Roger, the interesting thing about... about cross-country like any other, like, un- like any other sport, as it does go quickly. I mean, it's yeah. like you're going to run, what, we're running 5K? 5K yep. we're running 5K, and when the 5K is over, with, we're done. You know, it's not like a, a, tri- or a track meet which lasts all day or a wrestling meet or a... You know, a baseball game that could end in the twenty-first inning. Uh, we're going to get out there. We're going to run five k. We're going to go home. So it's kind of cool uh, for folks to come and see that they can they can watch their youngsters run or their school run. Uh, it's going to take uh, the guys somewhere, what, around fifteen minutes or so, and or and the More girls like maybe 18, a little bit, yeah, 18. you know, somewhere in there, and and then they get to go home. So it's it's kind of a neat thing to come out and see and and be a part of.
2: And yeah, it's a very active atmosphere. It's always like very loud, very energized, you know, like cross-country. It's just its own beast, so to speak. We're speaking
1: with Coach Axon of Bopka Blue Daughter Cross-Country, talking about the Blue Daughter Invitational coming up right around the corner on Blue Daughter Sports Central. Later in our show, we'll speak with Athletic Director Fred Priest and Coach Ken Keister, Ken Tyster, Athletic Trainer, and Coach Darlington. Now, um coach can you just talk about the development as you said one of the neat things about the cross country program under your leadership is got a variety of different uh runners that come into the program everything from seasoned veterans to brand newcomers as you just shared with us um talk about the the development process of of, well we started
2: last year trying to as much as we could go to schools like wolf lake that i know that have running clubs so that we could you know the kids who get to like know some of the upperclassmen, so that when they, you know, became a high school student themselves, they would at least know a couple people. It gave them also an opportunity to see some of the things that we did in our practices, so they can get an idea what it would be like. And we also just try to, you know, have meetings way in advance, so that way we can get some ideas, you know, in terms of how many kids we're going to have. And a lot of it is just pretty much word of mouth a lot of kids are getting to know that you know we have a very consistent constantly growing track and cross-country program and i say track is you know they're pretty much one goes with the other because most of the kids who do track also end up doing cross-country so as they you know begin to see you know and recognize that you know we have these things going on and just by word of mouth it just gets gets more and more kids that are showing up and because of that we've been able to continue to push to have a more and more competitive program every single year so i think that's that's also helped and in terms of the growth we've also for this year for the first time ever we're also going to be hosting districts Concord this year. so, so you know, it's pretty exciting talking so, blue
3: Dart cross-country yeah, I would imagine then we probably have a lot of the teams that are in our district are probably showing up yeah, so to at least them, yeah. run one time on the course. Of those super districts, my guess. Yeah, but it's a
2: traditional strategy is to you know try to check out the course ahead of time. So yeah.
1: You know what uh, helps a runner? What makes a good runner?
2: Running is starting off with the basics. You got to have the mentality of number one and not being okay with with stopping and walking. That's that's the, the, first, the first hurdle. So I have a lot of kids who maybe they didn't start off as being the fastest, but they didn't stop. Then you can continue to work on basics, you know, welding up the endurance, building up the speed. That all comes with time. And that's why I try to teach the kids. Everyone's going to be at a different level than you might be starting off. So you might have some kids who have run all summer long. They did track, they did cross country, they've done it for a couple of years. You are somebody that's new, you might not have done any of that. So, therefore, you're going to be at a different starting point. So, the main thing is that you just continue to consistently push yourself in practice, push yourself in races, and pay more attention to just taking down your times than anything else. Because country is a type of thing where you can take off chunks of time, track is a little different. If it's a distance thing, you can take off, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds. Cross country is the type of race where you can take off, like, 40 seconds one race to the next, or a minute from one race to the next.
1: And, and why is that? What are what some of the subtle differences of track and cross country? Because
2: as you continue to build up your endurance and your speed and work on your form, just by naturally running in a consistent form the entire time, you're, number one, saving energy, but you're also covering more ground in a faster amount of time. So just by doing that, you're just going to naturally knock off time. And then from that point on, it's just getting them to just continue to push themselves. So they're locking on and attaching themselves to somebody else as they're running. So that even if they're pushing themselves and dying a little bit, trying to maintain a faster pace, if they do fall behind, they're not going to fall as far behind. So strategically, they'll be able to continue to run a faster time without realizing it because they're focusing more on their technique than listening to their tiredness.
3: Yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, we talked about them running a 5K, which for some people that may not get the metric part of that, it's 3.1 miles. So just the fact that we're we're going a, a, a large distance as opposed to 100 meters, you know, I might be able to take a tenth of a second off my 100-meter time, but I think I, I can take a minute off my, you know, my 3.1-mile time. Uh, as like as coach like coach was saying is if we're doing the things in practice that we need to do uh, to get better and then depending on where they started uh, if you started walking and running as you get to the point where you're running the whole thing then obviously you're going to start taking chunks of time off so it's kind of cool that way they I mean I think in, in cross country they probably see more improvement maybe in any other sport that you do you know uh, in that in that way. And, of
1: course, the tracks uh, track is pretty, pretty uniform. What, what are the courses like? How much do the courses vary and how much do the, 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 the way the courses vary affect the performance or the well, times?
2: They don't vary as much as where I come from in New York because we have mountains. So, like, and most of the courses are relatively flat. But they do vary in terms of some courses, in addition to having some terrain, some hills. We'll also have some sandier areas where some courses don't have any of that. Some courses have more pavement than others do. So our course, for example, I try to keep it on the grass as much as I can so that the kids are saving their shins a little bit and you know get some opportunity to just working on technique. So what we try to do in terms of going or preparing for our meets is we take a look at what is the terrain going to be like. If we know it's going to be super hilly, then that means we're going to train that week accordingly to prepare for that. But... That's the biggest difference is just more the elevation from one race to the next. Some courses are just hillier than others. Some have, some have more longer straightaways than others too.
1: Very interesting. We'll be excited about fall cross-country program this fall. And especially thanks for sharing with us about the exciting Blue Garden Invitational coming up soon. Again. Wish you guys the best of luck there and look forward to hearing about it after it's over.
3: Absolutely, and you know, Coach Jackson, um, you know his his staff. They've done a great job. It's been one of our uh, most improved areas as far as uh, what teams that we have and uh you know i think when coach first got here he might have had a few stragglers that hung out and maybe was thinking about running cross country but now he's got kids who are you know dedicated can't wait for the season to start i know they started this summer they were running this summer yeah, uh, getting you know. ready for the season and uh you know that when i got here that kind of thing just wasn't happening and and so uh just uh hats off to coach and and his staff for the great things that they've done for you know for this little area of of our athletic department that sometimes people don't even know exists, but uh, they do a great job, and the kids are doing a great job of improving that program.
1: Absolutely. Very important program, and it's a program that uh, uh, just gives more student-athletes more participation. Absolutely. And, and cross-country is a sport they can take with them pretty much for the rest of their lives as well. Yeah,
3: and he can have as many as he wants out there, so that's a good thing, too. Friends, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, we'll
1: talk with Coach Fred Priest about the Blue Daughter Athletic Department. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Blue Daughter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. Joined by Fred Priest. Right now, it's great to hear from Coach Axon of a popular Blue Daughter cross country about the upcoming Blue Daughter Invitational cross country tournament. Later, we'll hear from Coach Darlington and Coach Ken Keister of a Pop Athletic Trainer. But uh, Fred, what what else um, would you like to talk about in this segment?
3: Well, you know, um, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what's going on in um, athletics in general uh, with uh, with the national anthem, and um, you know, I, I think the question I had for our people because you know I have to worry about what you know our realm here is, you know, what do we do? Um, if somebody exercises their right to take a knee. Now I actually looked to see if any of our players did last week and none of them did. I don't think any of them would but I don't know that. They might. Um, I know that there were a few in the county that did after I found, after I asked my question. Really? And then um, I noticed that there were other high school athletes that did across the country and um which you know, I kind of expected that because you know when a when a when a figure like a Colin Kaepernick or whoever uh, d- does something like that, whether it's a it's the newest dance for a touchdown or uh, their newest stance of whatever it is they're doing, that's going to trickle down, uh, and so we're going to see that. So we, I just needed to know how we were going to handle that in our situation, and and it's basically the same. I just want to let people know in case you know they they see it somewhere in the county or them or should they see it here uh, they need to know that that I nor coach Darlington or any of our other coaches or our principal or none of us can stop a child from doing that. Um, and so're we're, we're, personally, I'm hoping they don't you know I think we all feel the same way sitting here um, but if they did, uh, they're exercising their right. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. Um, but at the same time, uh, th- that's a possibility. Now, I heard through the grapevine that there's going to be a patriotic show tonight, which I think is a great thing um, because, to me, showing unity is far better than showing um, is show- than showing us being apart. Now, does that mean that everything is hunky-dory and there's nothing wrong? Absolutely not. We all get that. But I just think that my own personal opinion now here is I think people who do things like we're seeing right now are only drawing attention to themselves. They're not drawing attention to the problem. I, I've not had any more conversations about the problems that they're talking about with anybody. I've had a lot of conversations about whether a, kids, a person should kneel or not kneel or, or what, what we should do when the flag in the national. I've had all those conversations, but not one single conversation have I had about the, the, the problems that they're talking about. And, and I doubt very seriously many people are. I, I just think there's been more attention drawn to what they're doing than the problems that they're thinking they're trying to solve. That's my two cents
1: <laughs> no, that's a great and Thank you for addressing it. Just a couple add a couple things in it. And I think that yeah, certainly people have the right to. To disrespect the country and the flag—that's part of the freedom that we have. then And that they also should remember: we should remember that that was paid by by others, and it's paid by by the by the blood and the in the lives of of over, over millions of Americans as well. And they need to—I I would encourage people to understand that too. Exactly. Right. And, and and that's who part of who they're disrespecting. And as you said, my personal opinion is on the situation is is kaepernick specifically is this is some kind of a publicity stunt he's he's doing this to to he's got an agenda which um and, if, and as you said if, if he wanted to help solve the problem apparently he i mean some of the statements i've read from him it's even hard to to, to even discern what he's even you know right. doing but it, apparently from what i gather it has something to do with black lives matter and um that the police uh you know relationship between police and in certain a- aspects of the of the african-american community but um if, if that was his, his his sincere issue there's many other ways he could do to help that situation no than than disrespect the flag right
3: and, and, and disrespect
1: and the national anthem and i'm
3: not even doubting that he's sincere in what he's trying to do i doubt if he gave it much thought uh, because for example when does he get to get up again when does he get to stand up again because unfortunately none of this will will be ever cured completely we wish it would be but as long as humans are human uh there's going to be bad policemen there's going to be bad doctors there's going to be bad lawyers there's going to be bad football players bad there's quarterbacks. gonna be bad characters i mean it, it, i'm sorry that's the, the, our reality that we live in so i don't know when he gets to stand up but i'll tell you one thing that i that does disturb me is the word oppression being used you know and, and if we're talking about you know, people of color I, that boggled my mind because I'm, I look around and I see black doctors, I see black lawyers, I see black congressmen, I see I see black, um, uh, you know, just about every well, walk the of the life, States, I see a black elected, president twi- elected of the United twice. States. Elected now, twice. Now, whatever the problem is, it's not oppression, okay? Uh, if it were oppression... Then we should go to South Africa and then talk to them about what oppression looks like. Apartheid, that was oppression. There was no black people getting to do anything. That that was called oppression in my mind. And when you just throw out a word, it's like any other buzzword when you say bullying because somebody asks you to do something. You know, uh, so... Uh, that's what bothered me probably the most about that was the use of that word and minimizing what real oppression is and what real oppression looked like. And in my in my mind, it minimized what people who are actually under oppression uh, what that looks like.
1: No, that, that's a great point too, and I, I made note of that as well. Is that, and, and I think it goes back to your point earlier that he didn't think this through and he had you know this is just. In my point, I think it's some kind of a publicity. It's something that's not a well thought out uh, situation, and um, and also, if he wants to talk about oppression, look look at the uh, the um, the Muslim countries over, over in the Middle East. And that's Correct. true oppression. Yes. I mean, you, you get caught stealing, you get your hand cut off. Correct. Um, you know, overt physical abuse of women—not just only not their equal eyes rights, can
3: show those kinds of things. Um,
1: you know, uh, other groups, if you will, that that are literally um, you know tortured and killed. Right. I mean, no concept of freedom of religion. You, you you can be executed in certain Muslim countries for for. for um, Having a different religion, exercising a different religion. Exactly. So, 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 if he's concerned about uh, oppression, right? And he he's a Muslim. He converted to Islam. So, I mean, if, if he's concerned that about oppression, he should be speaking t- to to his own <laughs> Islamic country.
3: We can go a lot of different places and see the word oppression where it actually really applies. Now, are some people being treated poorly? I don't think there's any question about that. I, well, I think that's true. A p- country, uh, not a perfect country. not, society, a, not been, a perfect society. Never has been. Never never will never will be. You know, I. I, I and I guess you go the last resort when you're having that conversation with somebody. And I, you know, I've seen lots of people say this. It's like, okay, so what country are you going to? Because this one is so poor, and this one is so oppressive. Where are you going to go where it's better? Of course, you know the argument is, well, we're trying to get our country to be right. Okay, that's fine. But I think there's other ways to do that, well, and then that's then, uniting well, us, well, and the, not separating. And then us. the other thing that
1: I think Kaepernick lost all credibility. With somebody who's informed, and sadly, at this point, when you say with somebody who informed, what not not whole, thats not everybody anymore. No. Uh, and um, when he's sitting there talking about oppression, wearing a Fidel Castro T-shirt, correct. Now, anybody who's informed <laughs> seems all oppressive. Uh, understands that that uh, the Castro regime in communist uh, Cuba is one of the most oppressive governments. In, in the world, exactly. I mean, literally imprisoning people for doing exactly what what Kaepernick's doing. Not only impri- people dying people in, left in, in dungeons, on rafts. people um, uh, literally being killed for political prisoners for, for their, their political uh, speech. Um, so, and not to mention uh, just the economy so bad. That's another form, form of oppression. Just uh, the, the the standard of living in Cuba. But but so but 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 I think this is where the problem is. And I think it, it's where I, the way I, I see that to, to deal with the issue is not just to be silent, but but to to, to, to push back, as I would put it, to confront. You know what he's he 's trying to get across and and point out where uh, Kaepernick and the others are so flawed in their logic in their facts correct because if he 's sitting here talking about America being a, an oppressive country he 's going to disrespect the flag and he can 't honor and disrespect the national anthem while he 's wearing a Fidel castro t shirt he 's just blatantly wrong, same thing about his his Islamic religion um, you know it th- those are the countries that are are overtly oppressive physically oppressive so you know that i think that's the way that i choose to to deal with the situation is put a a light on it you know talk about what he's his actions and his words and and see where he's 100 percent wrong and then the, the third thing is as we kind of talked about before if this is about a specific issue well then address that specific issue the flag and the national anthem represent the entire country or symbols of the entire country and are symbols of many, many different, very positive things about America.
3: Everything that's good about it and everything that's bad about it. And it, that's what it represents.
1: And uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, our military, all, all of our rights that, that uh, we have a, a written constitution that, that guarantee rights, which is a revolutionary thing in, in the world. If he wants to focus on the negatives – Slavery or you know um, segregation, legalized segregation, some thirty or forty years ago. Well, you should also point out that that our country, unlike many, I think all others that I'm aware of, actually has a constitution where you can rectify those situations. And you know, whereas we had those. Deplorable situations such as slavery, the country also worked through it and had a mechanism so that, so that it so, so could overcome it, just like we overcome segregation.
3: Yeah, it seems kind of silly to disrespect a flag uh, that uh, is giving you the right to do what you're doing. It just seems like a, some kind of a catch-22 or, uh, or what have you, but and, 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 uh, it doesn't seem like that's the, the thing. To me, and the to the, mil- me the, doing the flag that- is a direct. Uh, representative and symbol of,
1: of the United States military and the same men and women who have died and are, are dying literally today, risking their lives are today, to provide freedom and security.
3: Yeah, and it seems to me to do things that unify, not things that separate us. You know, I, I still get upset about labels, African-American, Italian-American, Irish-American. No, we're all Americans. And I get upset about labels. You know, we do things that sup- we do more things that separate. I, I don't even know what was behind the Seattle Seahawks thing. I do know this: they all came out. They all came out in arms together. They were clinched together. Now, whether they were still protesting the same thing or not, I don't know. But here's the thing. They were united in doing it. There were black guys and white guys and whoever was all in that line. They were united. And I think the more we do things where we're united and standing together is more important than the, than an individual uh, sticking out. And then all we're doing is talking about that individual and, and, and not the situations that we're trying to rectify.
1: But, uh, you know, Kaepernick and the others are 100 percent wrong. You, they have a certainly have a right not to stand for the flag or the anthem, but we also have a right to to point out absolutely where, where they're wrong yep. and, and and to speak our
3: mind about it. It's them. not hate. Let's and, just make that clear. I because mean, that, it seems like every time we we fall on the other side of what is uh, politically correct, uh, then accused, we accuse somebody. Right, you're accused exactly. Uh, That's but, all part yeah. of the the agenda of the left, and why I think this is all all, all, all an agenda.
1: But. Um, so I choose to. I mean, he has. He has technically. He has, he has the right to disrespect the flag and the anthem. I have the right to disrespect him. Um, so, but I, I do. and One thing to close it before we go to break. I do want to mention. I think it's important to shine a light about this and talk about it and, as I say to push back and point out where he is wrong and flawed because as you mentioned the media is portraying this as a positive yeah. I mean he's somebody who's NFL you can't get more cool than an NFL quarterback he's cool he's hip and and I as I expected to see what we're, we're we've seen some of little kid high school kids or little kids are, are gonna some of are gonna emulate that not because they have no any question. idea what he's doing nope, or, no. or, or the, the 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 magnitude of the situation they just think that He's getting some attention. Right. He's this cool guy, and the media is portraying him as some kind of a, a hero or something. Yeah. So we need to address push back.
3: It's interesting you didn't get cut from the team. That's, that's another
1: great point, maybe the biggest point. We're going to take a quick break. We're we'll right back. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's great to be with you and great day to be a pop to Blue Darter. Speaking with Joe Ferraris here coach fred priest athletic directors here in a moment we're going to be joined by coach ken keister a pocket's athletic trainer and by one of his student trainers mariah jiner before we go back to them i want to remind you that our program is sponsored by our friends over at florida door solutions do you have garage door problems florida door solutions has your solution proud to be voted best garage square company for now five years in a row so to find out more about Florida's best garage door company, you can visit com. That's fladoor.com or give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them you're in a pocket blue darter. Also want to remind you about the Porky's Hump Day Special coming up this Wednesday and every Wednesday at Porky's Original Barbecue Apopka. It's their Jumbo Pulled Pork Sandwich, their famous Jumbo Pulled Pork Sandwich, two sides and a drink for just six seventy-five. It's the best lunchtime value in Central Florida, and it's also the most delicious lunchtime value in Central Florida. But it's not on the menu. You have to ask for it. So get over to Porky's this hump day and ask for the Porky's Hump Day Special and tell them you heard it. On, a pop, on Blue Daughter Sports Central. Now let's go to Coach Ken Keister. Coach, thanks for joining us.
4: Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, there's no place I would rather be, actually, than on, than on the air with you guys.
1: That's awesome. We always love having you. And you brought one of your student athletic trainers as well. Can you uh, introduce her for us, please? I
4: did. Uh, this is Mariah. Mariah has been with us for a couple of years now. She's uh, really our, our, our head student. A lot of times we try and bring our, our most experienced one out here and be on the air with you guys. It's happened a few times. Um, she does a great job of making sure all the day-to-day things get taken care of that need to um, get everything out to practice. It's been, it's been a struggle the first few weeks because our golf cart's been broken. So uh, her and the other students have been dragging everything out to practice and making sure it gets there and getting stuff taken care of. And uh, honestly, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where we would be and how long practice would take because it would take us a long time to get all the water out, to get all of our supplies out. And I did, they Except are absolutely You, you don't want to be and... doing it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I uh, <clears throat> At this point now, you know, it's it's without them, I, I honestly – I. Hopefully the football players will help us take stuff out, and I'm sure they would. They're always a bunch of great guys, but you know, having Mariah to be able to make sure everything take, is taken care of, we don't have to worry about, did we forget this, did we forget that. Uh, we can take care of taking care of the, the athletes, and she makes sure that everything is there and available and we're ready to go. It's, you know, you can be a great surgeon, but if you don't have uh, you know, a great nurse that's there with you that's anticipating what you're going to need and taking care of things, surgery is not going to go quite as well as it could have.
1: Well, Brian, it's great to have you joining us today.
5: Nice to be here. Thank you.
4: No, can you just give
1: us some insight and give some insight to our listeners about some of the things that you do and the other athletic trainers do to help the football program.
5: We always want to make sure that the athletes are hydrated and keep them from cramping along with just keeping them pumped up and having a nice atmosphere for them and preparing them for what they're about to do, taping, icing, stretching, pretty much the basics.
1: You know, of course, everybody that's been to a football game knows that during the course of the game, guys will kind of get shaken up or even even injured, and um, this is part of the game. What do you do? Is there a protocol for what you do, and how much are the student trainers involved, um, Coach Keister? In say, we, you know, we we're looking down there, somebody, sort maybe there's a, even a timeout, and once they get over to the sideline, what, what, what happens there? Uh,
4: there's a, we actually have three certified athletic trainers that are on our staff: uh, myself, Jerome Mogul, and Lee Nugent. Um, and we take care of all the injury assessments, but making sure that, that we, if we need something, whether it's ice or if we need to go get the doctor to take a look at somebody, uh, we always have a student that's nearby helping to take care of those things. They have supplies if we need to get those done. Um, you know, if, it, if we find out they get over there and it turns out there's stretching that needs done, they do the stretching for us, and we can go ahead and turn our focus on to something that's a, a little more intensive possibly. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the person comes off and... You know, quick assessment: Are they going to be able to go right back on immediately? Is it going to take a little while? We let the coaches know what the what the status is as far as, hey, we well, will give you an update in five minutes, or this person's done for a while. Give them that update, let them know what's going on, and, and we get back to things quickly. And it all depends on what kind of injury it is. If it's an ankle injury, it's it's you know the the protocol kind of it changes a little bit person to person depending on their pain and all those things. But if it's a head injury, the the protocol is pretty uh, set. You know, if we think there's a possible concussion, they are out until we know for sure that it's not a concussion and they are cleared from a physician. Uh, And then we bring them back to return to play slowly. We actually have a a test that we we do on all of our athletes as they're trying to come back, at least from uh, head injury. It tests memory and reaction time. And it gives us a a few scores. We consult with physicians uh, with those scores and that. And we want to make sure that everybody's brain is working efficiently before they come back because there's a... It's not even a, an, an additive problem if you have a second concussion on top of a first. It's it's exponentially worse. Um, there's a thing called second impact syndrome. that If you get back before the symptoms of the first concussion are gone, it could be uh, a life-changing or even life-ending kind of a, a problem. So we don't want to take any chances. I, I always say that uh, Mr. Priest, he pays our coaches to think. I think this is the right thing to do. I think this is the right thing to do. He pays me to know. And if I don't know somebody's okay, I'm not going to give them a chance. We're not going to put them back out there and, and risk further injury. Because you know, as important as, as the, the game is to everybody, it's not worth the rest of your life. So we have to make sure that's done. We've had a lot of, a uh, lot of head injuries and, in, and uh, in, uh, actually in freshman football uh, this year, especially.
1: Now, Mariah, can you uh, tell us about what led you to want to be an athletic trainer at Popkit?
5: Well, I fractured my tibia, and just the recovery process, I was interested in how that all worked. And I attended a football game, and I seen, you know, people in the blue polos walking at the bottom, helping the athletes, and I got interested in it.
1: And and what was it like when you first got started?
5: It was intense. It was a process. You know, football practices, they're hot, it's long hours, but I was willing to... Take that chance and see how far I can take this, and I've grown to love it. It's like my second home, the athletic training facility, and I love it.
4: Mariah, actually, um, our we have a state athletic training association. It's called ATAF. It's the Athletic Training Association of Florida. And Mariah actually was the winner of the uh, high school student aid award this past year as a junior, as the top uh, high school student aid in the state of Florida. So we are quite proud of her and. She made homecoming court this week, and it's 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 been a big year for her so far. And hopefully, we're 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 even looking for bigger and better things in the year to come.
5: Yes, definitely.
4: Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very exciting. Are you excited about homecoming?
5: I'm excited. It's also a long process, but I I'm just it's a great feeling to make court. That's the, even that even if you don't win, it's a great feeling.
1: That's awesome! Well, congratulations. Thank Thanks you for very being much. here to share us about the, about that, and also about your
4: your duties as a student athlete trainer at Apopka. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate the work that you do. Uh, I'm always I'm always excited to be here. It's, it's wonderful to be at the word I just I love letting parents and, and, and your listeners know that we are here. We're a uh, an NATA Safe School Award winner. Saying basically, we want and the big thing about that is it's letting everybody know that. Safety isn't something that happens here at Apopka High School. It's a priority. And, you know, everybody's safety, every athlete's safety, whether it is our star varsity football player or it's, you know, a, a person who, you know, the JV lacrosse player who barely made the team. Now, everybody is an equal priority and, and because when you get down to it, in their home, they, it doesn't matter who you are, anywhere else, you're, you're 100% most important thing to your family. And you're the most important thing to us. we got to make sure we take care of everybody like that.
1: Absolutely. It's great to know that that's what you guys are doing for our athletes at Apopka High School. Thank you for joining us, Mariah and Coach Ken Keister. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll go back We'll speak with Coach Darlington on Blue Darter Sports Central. And I want to remind you our program is sponsored by Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic. When you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855 When in pain. Dr. Patrick Saint-Germain voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row. We'll be right back. Welcome back oh, to Blue Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. Joined by Coach Fred Priest, Coach Rick Darlington. Of course, Joe Ferraro is here. we want to remind you take on Dr. Phillips tonight, game time 730. We'll have the play-by-play for you right here on 1520 WBCW, 1520 WBCW.com, the 1520 WBCW app. And we'll have pregame tonight starting at 7 p.m. Coach, it's um, great to see you. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Now, the game last week against Deland, thirty-five to nothing victory. Can, what, what can you share your thoughts about uh, kind of overview of that game?
6: I think we played good defense again. You know, we've had two shutouts of the of the three games and the seven points the other game. So I think we're getting better on defense each week, and that's important. And then offensively, I think we didn't. Do as much. But again, we had a short field. We had a running clock. And then, you know, we're trying to do a lot of things that are kind of a little bit out of our wheelhouse as far as some spread sets and throwing the ball more because we think that. Down the road, it gives teams something they have to prepare for. And we're not really probably good enough just to be able to just trample over people with just our single-wing running game. So we really did a lot of experimental things on offense. So we didn't put up the points or the yards that maybe some people are used to. But I don't really care about that. I just care about winning the game and setting ourselves up to win bigger games down the road.
1: Yeah, you mentioned going in that you thought Deland was a better team than the others we had played. They didn't seem to make those those mistakes that really really hurt themselves badly, as well.
6: We didn't make mistakes. No, they, they didn't.
1: They, did. they didn't seem to.
3: No,
6: I thought they played okay. You know, they turned it over some, and you know, but uh.
3: they, they were a little bit different in that they punted when they were supposed to. Yeah. I mean, they, they dropped the ball <laughs> on their own inside. They, they helped themselves a little bit more. Yes,
6: <laughs>
3: yes they exactly.
1: did. And of course. Big game, non-district game versus Dr. Phillips, one of the top teams over the last at least ten years or so. We seem, always seem to have a lot of talent. And uh, What can you share with us about them this year?
6: I think they're probably the best team on our regular season schedule. You know, no disrespect to the ones over past that, but Dr. Phillips has already beaten some of those teams substantially, and so... Last year, you know, we got down 20 to 6 at half and somehow came back. It was a great win. And it's hard to come back on those guys because their defense is always so good. And I'm sure it'll be good, good again tonight. You know, they're very well coached, very physical, very talented. So, again, this is going to be probably our biggest regular season test. And that's not to say that other teams in the regular season can't or won't beat us. But I think as far as talent, coaching, all of it together, you know, and what we know about Dr. Phillips. I think they're going to be really, really tough.
1: Speaking of the defense, everybody that I've spoken with, you know, and, and you now, every kind of the first thing they talk about when they talk about Dr. Phillips is they got a really, really good defense. Always they, do. they've been scoring on defense quite a bit this year, even.
6: Yeah, they always do. They're really well coached. Rodney Wells, you know, played defense there and went to Syracuse and played, and you know, so they uh, they've been good for as long as I can remember, especially on defense.
1: And what kind of schemes do they have? What are, what are, what's their you know their plan, if you will? What are they trying to do? I don't know. You have to ask him.
6: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard him speak at a clinic, and he was talking about this and that. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you their game plan or our game plan or anyone else's <laughs> game plan. You know, I don't coach their team. You know, I know they're very fundamentally sound and, you know, good tacklers, good at playing blocks, good covering, just real good fundamentals. So they don't have a certain... Front, they're going to stay in or coverage. They'll do some multiple things, but whatever they do, they're really sound and good at it.
3: Well, what about offensively? Is, are they more of a running team? Are they going to throw the ball? Do they... they like tunnel screens. You know, they're kind of NCA
6: ish. Uh-huh. Like one of those teams likes to throw a lot of screens. And the, the, I think the key to the game is there are several keys of the game. I think we're going to have to tackle in space really well. If we don't tackle in space, a five yard hitch can be an 80 yard touchdown. You know, a screen behind the line can be a 50-yard touchdown. Their skill guys are that good that if they get in space and we don't tackle them, it'll be a touchdown. So tackling in space is huge. I think we have to pressure the quarterback and either make him throw the ball bad or sack him. We can't let him escape. We have a propensity to give up contain on rush sometimes, and we can't do that tonight. So I think those are the two biggest things on defense is open field tackling, and containing the quarterback. And then on offense, obviously we can't turn it over and can't have negative plays. we got to move the chains and get first downs and get points. And that's not easy to do on them. So if it's first down, we run a play and get four yards, that's good. If we run a play and get minus two, that's not good. You know, we can't get behind in the chains and we can't have negative plays and penalties. And obviously turning it over can be disastrous.
1: And, of course, last year we had big special teams plays that – really helped us win. No
6: doubt. We blocked that field goal that would have won the game for them. So, yeah, special teams could be huge again.
1: Now, Coach, I'd like to ask you about some of the things about the program. I know that one of the things that characterizes your leadership in the program is, you know, a real strong emphasis on, on tradition and uh, things that really matter. And yeah, I think you've, you've talked about this before, but you know, we have new listeners all the time. It's, uh, the number 11 jersey is, is kind of special at Popkin. Can you talk about the tradition behind number 11?
6: Well, when we won the state championship in 2001, Trey McMiller was number 11. He played receiver, running back, kind of did everything for us. You know, He was really an unsung hero. And in that game, we completed one pass. It was to him on a scramble. And when he caught the ball... He was side by side with a kid from Miami Northwestern that was said to run a four one forty to various Bain. Now I'd never heard of a four one forty. But Trey McMiller outran him forty yards to the end zone. So Trey <laughs> McMiller must run like a four flat <laughs> And so that got us started because at that point right there we were down two nothing and had negative offense. And that play jump-started us, and we won state championship. So Trey signed Western Kentucky. We had a lot of players to do that year, and he went up there, and he actually played on the team the next year that won the national championship. So he won a high school state championship as a senior, college national championship as a freshman, 2002. And that summer... He was fishing with Nate Jenkins, a teammate from here, up there. There were six of them that went to Western Kentucky. Nate was one of them. And their boat turned over, and Trey couldn't swim, and he drowned. And so we were all devastated by this. Now, we were encouraged by the fact we knew that Trey was in heaven, and he knew Jesus. I got to speak at his funeral, and I was really glad that was the case. And so we retired his number, and then I went to Georgia. And when I came back... I started thinking about, well, is there another way we could do this? And so we came up with the idea of the Trey McMiller Award. And I got the award, the idea from Old Miss. They had a guy named Chucky e. Mullins who was paralyzed. And they would give someone his number 38 in their honor, in his honor every year. And so we talked to his dad about it. And his dad liked the idea. And so we said, okay, we're going to, at our banquet, the only other award we had was the Phil King Award, which was like Old Mr. Blue Darter. And so we said, whoever is the guy most like Trey, humble, unassuming, unsung hero, can't win without him, but people don't know that outside the program, we're going to select that person at the banquet after their junior year, and he'll wear number 11 as a senior. And so we've had some really good ones, and, um, and this year it's David Britzius, and so he gets to wear number 11 great great story.
3: There. Yeah, We're we've sure got some good number 11s, too, haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah, have. It's been really good.
1: And then, of course, we've got about a little under two minutes, but you have a player one of the great things about the game night atmosphere at apopka is you select a player to carry the apopka blue garter flag out to lead the team and the american flag out to lead the team and I, I, I assume those are honored positions that, that a guy you know, has to earn they
6: are the the, the the players like to select who does them and we let them do that but definitely you know we we live in a great country and it's not perfect but it's definitely better than any other country and Amen. so we want we want to be thankful for our freedom and uh and we're we are we're very excited to be out on the field. And so the, we take the darter flag and we take the American flag. And we want to be thankful for the blessings that we have. So it is a big deal to us.
3: Now, does that change every game or is it the same guys? Changes. Okay. Well, thank you, Coach. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. Um, just get again, just to remind folks, remember the game time is 7.30 tonight. It's not a 7 o'clock start, so it seems like half our games we started at 7.30 because of weather or, or something. But uh, it will be a 7.34 start exactly. But uh, So just encourage people to get here early. There should be a big crowd. Uh, so try to get here early, get your tickets, and, and get a seat.
1: Popka versus Dr. Phillips to the top high school football programs in the country. You can hear it all right here on 1520 WBZW tonight. Pre-game starting at 7 p.m. As Fred said, kickoff starting at 7.34 p.m. And you can get it online 1520wbzw.com or via the 1520wbzw.com phone app. And As we sign off, I want to Wish everybody have a great day and give a shout out to our sponsors, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, Porky's Original Barbecue, Florida Door Solutions. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day and tune us in tonight, starting at 7pm for a Popka versus Dr. Phillips.